Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 194 of Weekly Poker Hand. If you have not, go back and watch or listen to the other 193 episodes. They are all available at jonathanlittlepoker.com WPH, stands for Weekly Poker Hand. Also, if you've never checked out my site, I post a weekly educational or sometimes just fun blog. And there's a lot of fun content there. If you have not gone back and read all of them, go back and do it. Anytime I find someone new who I want to learn from, I go to their blog and I just read everything. Sometimes it takes a long time. I mean, I've been writing my weekly blog now for, I think, about three years. So that's maybe 150-ish pieces of content. It's quite a lot. And there's a lot to learn there. So you can go there and check it out at jonathanlittlepoker.com. Here, I'm going to show you, obviously, how to play my hand, Pocket Kings, but also how not to play my opponent's hand, which you're going to see shortly. So we're playing 50-100 with a 4,300 chip stack. So 43 big blinds. The player under the gun makes it 250. The low jack calls, and now it's on me in the cutoff with pocket kings. I'm going to re-raise this pretty much every time. I don't typically like to re-raise under the gun raisers, but once there's a caller in the middle, or especially if I think the under the gun raiser is not really paying attention to what's going on or it's just not very good, I'm definitely going to re-raise. Purely for value. Kings are great. Don't worry about running into aces. Um, I make it 850, which is a little bit small, but I'm fine making a little bit small because our stack is only 43 big blinds. If we were playing 100 big blinds deep, I'd make it closer to 1,000. So I do make it 850, and both players call, which is fine. Whenever both players call, some people think, oh man, they're both set mining, this is terrible for me. But you have to realize, whenever my opponents have to put in an additional 600 chips, the most they can win for me is another 3,500, right? So that means they're getting about 7 to 1 implied odds. Now, you know that if you're set mining, you need about 10 to 1 implied odds. So pretty much no matter what, I can pay my opponents off blindly every single time and I'm still going to make money in this situation long term because my opponents have called getting such poor implied odds, if they are set mining. Also, sometimes they're going to have pocket 10s, and the board's going to come like it does, 9-4-3, two clubs, and they're not going to be able to get away. So then they're just getting it in really bad. So don't be so concerned that your opponents are set mining or that they may outdraw you whenever you're shallow. Because if you re-raise preflop, you've effectively killed their implied odds, and now they're just drawing incorrectly. And if they're making incorrect decisions to draw to premium hands, they're just not going to get there often enough to justify that call, and that's going to give you money in the long run. Although, you may get outdrawn and go broke sometimes. So, anyway, flop comes 954. It's obviously fine for me. Pot's 2700. The initial player checks, and now the hijack decides to go all in. So, this may look like a big overbet, if you're watching this on johnsonlowpoker.com or YouTube, he's betting 6,000 6, into the 2,700 pot, but notice I only have 3,500, so a little bit more than pot, and the other player only has 4,100, so again, a little bit more than pot. So this is not actually that big of a bet. It is an overbet, but you will see some players make this play with draws or just really premium hands if they're trying to be balanced. And then you'll see some weaker players make this play with hands like 10-9 because they don't want to get outdrawn. Anyway, doesn't really matter. I'm calling my pocket kings. We are never, ever, ever, ever folding here. Don't make a big fold. Don't try to justify it in any way. Call, and sometimes you're going to lose to sets or draws, and that's okay. This time, though, my opponent had pocket eights. Now, this is one of the absolute worst hands 
to play in this manner. Because when he jams, what am I and the other player in the pot going to call with on 9-4-3? Well, if I have pocket sevens, I'm going to fold because there's a nine on the board, and I know bad players play 10-9 in this manner. If I have a good draw, well, I'm going to call, but I'm getting the right price, so that's not good. If I have an overpair or a set, I'm going to call, which is also not good for my opponent. So uh, what's the alternative? He could check, and then I could bet, and then maybe he could check call or check raise all in if he doesn't think I have anything. But at least that way allows me to bluff. So my hand was played very obviously in this example, but I think my opponent really did make a huge blunder that you see a lot of amateurs make on a regular basis. I saw this was from a $1,000 Turbo World Series of Poker event, so presumably my opponent's not so good because a lot of players are just gambling in these Turbo tournaments hoping to get lucky and crack off a World Series bracelet. But if you play every instance of pocket eights like this, you are pretty much dead money. A lot of people in the spot of this player with pocket eights think, okay, I have a hand that's pretty good. I know I'm not folding it. So I might as well just go all in myself. And that is horrible, horrible, horrible logic. Because when you go all in yourself, you make it to where your opponents can't bluff. And also, you make it impossible for them to make any sort of error. Like imagine I'm sitting here with my pocket kings, and I decide to check behind for whatever reason. And the turn's an ace. And now, the guy with pocket eights decides to not lose a stack, because clearly I should have a lot of aces at that, at that point. Maybe I check behind it and an eight peels off. Now he just gets it in with the nuts, right? There's a lot of ways for this hand to go fine enough for my opponent if he checks to me. Whereas when he jams, he pretty much forces me to play well. And you never want to put your opponent in a spot where they pretty much have to play well, right? Like I'm never folding a good nine, I'm never folding a good draw, and I'm never folding an overpair, ever. And I'm never calling with sevens or worse. So my opponent forces me to play perfectly. And when you force your opponents to play perfectly, they can't mess up. And if they can't mess up, then you're not making any money. You're just giving away money. And that's exactly what my opponent did here. He gave me a stack. If this was a quiz over at my interactive training site, pokercoaching.com, he would get zero points. He would get berated. And I would say this is by far the worst thing my opponent could possibly do. Um, before the flop, I think he actually should have folded to my three bet, which may sound a little bit tight. But again, he wasn't getting the right price to set mine and he's gonna be out of position. So this is just a spot where he needs to fold. It's okay to make a disciplined fold pre-flop. And certainly on this board, jamming is by far his worst option. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks again for being here. Good luck in your games, and I will talk to you next time.